No, guys. Cut it out! Guys! Cut it out! No! No, I said stop! Stuart and Scott and this is episode 80 of the fear me podcast and we have Scott back yay thank Man. god oh Scott <laughs> I tell you what I've missed it guys I really have oh we missed you that's good to hear yeah we definitely. thought you were gonna bail on us no 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 I, I've done everything I can not to bail on you not even that we needed Scott god damn it I mean we were trying to be intellectual and it was like it wasn't working Oh, I it thought wasn't. you were going to say you were trying to be <laughs> negative, and it just wasn't working. <laughs> well, there's that. Yeah, we did try that. There was that, too. Uh, we don't come off as crass as you do. Yeah, our last two episodes were extremely positive, so I guess that is a positive outcome of Scott not being here. But, um, <laughs> we, yeah, the, the smart, smartness part didn't come across quite so well. No, it didn't. But oh, please, come we tried, on. We tried to feign it. We tried to feign it. But we, we need the, the narrator, the writer. Oh, please, please. No, it's good to be back. I'm glad to uh, to get back into this. It, it's um, I had minimal um, connection connectivity where I mm. was and so forth. Yeah. So I even had a tough time being able to watch the preacher episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was able to watch them while they're gone, and I did listen to our podcast. And nice job, thanks, oh, thanks, nice job, thank you. I got to tell you, I I started feeling like maybe I wasn't needed anymore. No, you're needed. No, I yeah, no, I think it was uh, you're you're being too nice on that one. But um, so now you have plenty to talk about because you were hanging out with a bunch of Swiss mm. uh, the entire time. So you, you do d- realize the Swiss don't talk very much. Exactly. So now you've saved up all those words and you're mm. just going to spill them out in this Excellent podcast. Excellent point. Excellent yeah. point. I thought you wanted me to refer to the conversations we had because not at all. If we refer to the conversations, <laughs> it would be a lot like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was yeah, exactly. That was not inserted dead air. That was actual, just dead um, air. That it was actual conversation. Yes. So uh, we got a little bit of uh, insight in, on Facebook. If people haven't checked it out, on Scott's travels, and he shared some of his uh, beers with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a little tour. We did a my myself and my uh, father in law did a uh, did a uh, brew tour. Several breweries. It was a lot of fun. I think we f- completely forgot about the third one by the time okay. we got to it. Good. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a blast, and you know we would we would go to a brewery and get a get a flight of beers, and then we would try these different beers, and then we were supposed to pick from the flight which pint we wanted, so we would get a pint, 
then we move on to the next one. <laughs> oh and so and um, how old is Franz? Franz is uh, seventy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, but he, but he, yeah, I mean, he goes hiking every day, so he was. Oh he was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How yeah, was Franz, he doing by Franz the end? Was, Franz was very, very much like, hmm, I like the pilsners. the pilsner's good but then by the end he was kind of like Scott I don't have to drink all this do I I was like no that's That's beautiful that's cool it's not a clean plate thing I'm glad you guys had fun that's cool yep we did we did it was a lot of fun well we missed you but what so what are you drinking tonight um tonight I I uh I went by the local place because I didn't have anything I haven't tried yet and found one, a new one from uh, a brewery that I like a lot, this Appalachian Mountain Brewery up in Boone. Mm-hmm. And it's their White Dot Session IPA. White it's, Dot. Yeah, it's dedicated to the um, MST. Do you know what that is, you guys? Uh, no. That you sounds should. familiar. Mountaineering. No. So, Scenic Trail. Mountain to Sea Trail. Mountain to Sea Trail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mountain to Sea Trail. Right. It goes from the Appalachians out to the Outer Banks. Um, And and it's a white dot. It's represented by a white dot on the trails. So you follow the white dot. Um, I don't know anything about this trail. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's about, it's about, it's it's more than a thousand miles long. Oh, cool. We should do that. Um, It's pretty hot. Tomorrow. (laughs) Let's go do it tomorrow, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's a good beer. It's a session IPA. Um, it's um, I, I enjoy it. It's 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 smoother than most IPAs, um, but it's very dry. It's a very dry IPA. So if anybody really likes a dry um, beer, then this is a good one to go with, and doesn't want too much of a bitter bite. So like the eastern half of North Carolina, pretty dry. Uh, yes. Okay. You could hmm. say that. Okay. Well, Kim, what do you got? All right, I've got an IPA from Red Brick Brewing Company. It's called Hoplanta. I'm wondering if we've done this before. I'm not I've sure. had that one. Uh, Hoplanta. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a reference to Hotlanta. Yes. Hotlanta. Hot it's super good. It's very hoppy, it's very which good. I like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not dry. <laughs> I don't want to say the other word because I hate that word. It's moist. <laughs> it's moist. <laughs> Is it? Well, yes. it is a drink. <laughs> it's really good. I like it. Yeah, it's a tasty beverage. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's a 6.8. Mm, so it's got so a little, little bit of a mule kick. kick to it. Yep. Hello. Well, I have uh, one that I wish would be would have been more timely for the last episode. It is the uh, Naked Pig Pale Ale. Mm. And that is from the Back 40 Beer Company. And that's out of Georgia. Nice. Um, where in Georgia? Where is that one out of? <laughs> Use your reading skills. <laughs> oh, there it is. What? Ga- Alabama? Oh, I'm sorry. That, that It's not in Georgia. It's Gazden, Alabama. Excuse oh, okay. me. okay. All right. The Naked Pig Pale Ale. It is not floating, however. Not a flying nope. pig. Just a naked pig. And he seems extremely happy. He's And you'll see happy. that on our Facebook. Nice to see a, something from our... Uh, Friends in Alabama, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we've had anything from down there. Nope, nope. Cool. Excellent. So how are you guys doing? I haven't talked to you guys really in a little bit. Hey, we're good. School is back in session for all the little children's. Uh, Our early, yeah. One more time. The early morning 
schedule is back in session, trying to get get used to the early morning schedules once again. Get the troops up and moving. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, things are good. Yeah, we were, we were going to actually do the podcast the other night, but Kim couldn't come up with the, the gusto to do it, could you, Kim? No, nope, I had a bit too much champagne <laughs> because we were celebrating me doing a triathlon on Sunday. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yep, I finished it. Did not come in first, did not come in last. So it's go. all good. Excellent. You're right in right in Very the meat of the last. curve. Right in the meat of the curve, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a bunch of us girls who got together and did this from the YMCA, the local one. And um, there was about 30 of us, and it was awesome. We all finished. And the family was screaming for you at the end. Yes, you guys were awesome. Yeah. Like, mommy! Nice. <laughs> yeah. Very proud times. of you. Make Thank us you. dinner! Make us dinner! <laughs> they were exactly. more like, make us breakfast, because it was 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. That's Congratulations. That's great, Kim. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, let's get talking about uh, Preacher. Episode eight, entitled "Holes." Holes, lots of holes in this pre- in this preacher episode. Yes. Holes in hell. Holes in the wall. Holes in the wall. Mm-hmm. Holes Which in is, people. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know exactly. Some what. holes in logic. It could yes. be holes in logic. I don't know exactly. Um, uh, you know the symbolism of of all that, but yes, uh, there's completely different symbolism, I guess, to it. With the holes in hell and what's what's going on with what uh, Tulip is trying to cover up in reality. But um, I thought the episode was good. I think it was one of those, you know, um, uh, this this one's moving at a much slower pace than some of the other episodes, for sure. And um, I think if you were not a huge fan of uh, De- Dennis and Cassidy, you probably wouldn't be a huge fan of this episode. Because I think that one was kind of the, what it was really centered mm-hmm. around. Um, I mean, we did check in with Eugene um, and what's going on in hell and the nicest person in hell, which is Hitler. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think I think the, the like the the real main meat of the whole episode was uh, the relationship between uh, Cassidy and his son and uh, how he was dealing with that situation, which is what it ended up being. You know, I mean, that's that's how it ended out the whole episode, too, is he sings mm-hmm. that song again to his son. Uh, that right. he sung to him when he first met that him. Tawdry song. Yeah, <laughs> about the horror of where it was, it was. The horror of Aaron. Yes. Okay. Something like so, that, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was. I I enjoyed it actually. I thought it was a really good episode. It was a little slower, but I I mean I I enjoyed the backstory of that relationship. So that's exactly how I felt. I thought it was slow, but it was really good. I'm happy that we found out more about Dennis and uh, Cassidy because that's what we spent a lot of time talking about last week. Made me cry. Yeah. Remember? Oh, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You cried a lot. Uh, not a lot. It was tons. You were weeping. I was weeping. Pails. Shush. Was a good episode. Was I was like, Jesus episode. Christ, it was like yesterday. Would you stop crying? <laughs> um... I like that we learned more about Eugene. Um, his alternate hell was very disturbing. Very disturbing to me. <laughs> yes, um, it was. Yeah, so... Yeah, there's no denying that. It was... So it was a slow episode, but I really liked it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it moved the story along. So mm-hmm. what about you, Scott? Um, I tell you what, I love the episode, to tell you the truth. Um, when I first watched it, I didn't. Mm-hmm. But I I, I kind of thought to myself, hold on, let's let's see. You know, I, I've been such a fan of the, uh, the humorous, fast-paced episodes and so forth that they've had that... Um, I, I, I had to kind of stop myself and say, okay, let's go back and I'm going to watch it a second time, but I'm going to look at it from the aspect of this is more of a drama than a dark comedy. Mm-hmm. And when I went back and did that, it was, I really loved it. Yeah. I, I think mean, this, yeah, this one came across more than that with that, with uh, Cassidy. Cause I think one of the things right. that we we've been kind of bouncing back and forth is that Cassidy always had kind of this or um, mysterious, possibly right. evil side. Right. And we were always like, okay, when's he going to turn on him or he's going to steal Tulip from him? Or And this kind of showed, okay, actually that kind side of him mm-hmm. is actually a reality. He may just be like this drunk wanker, but <laughs> right. he's it, the, the kind side is, is real. Well, he's struggling with himself. He's struggling yeah, with his right. own self-viewpoint. Um, you know, he, he thinks of himself as a complete scoundrel, but his actions are not necessarily that way. At this point in his life, I mean, I think he has been. Yeah. You know, I mean, he said at the beginning of the show, you know, this is I'm I'm going to be the best father you've ever, you know, the best father in the world or something like that, and then he never did it. Right. But but you know, for me, just the the ethical conundrums and the uh, and and the struggles with fear and anxiety and so forth that were going on in this episode were so well acted um, that. You know, it didn't have, like I said, the humor and the speed and all to it, but but I but the the gut wrenching, you know, scenes with Cassidy and his son, and and Tulip's struggle with trying to rid herself of the saints' memories and so forth, and even even watching Jesse become a you know turning into a self obsessed prick to his friends was interesting. Yeah, you know. Um, there was there was a lot in this episode that I really liked. There was very few things I did not like. But that being said, all that being said, it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I mean, yeah, you get to the end and it's like I mean, I I, I was I totally wanted to know what happened, obviously. Like exactly. like, you know, uh, right. the cliffhanger of of what's going on with Dennis and and uh Cassidy, but at the same time it's like all right, we're like completely getting off base here. With where mm-hmm. the storyline was, <laughs> and I would like to see you know some of that stuff start moving forward. I mean, so. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen with um oh what are they called the the people who the like Grail, Grail people? Industries the Grail yeah Grail yeah. Industries I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with that and and the fact that you know I mean someone is orchestrating Jesse's trip because you know there's like Grail Industries markers all around him. Yes. And he's not picking up on it. He's too self-obsessed, though, to, to see it. Right. What was the electronic store he was at? Circuit Works? Yeah. Circuit Works. Circuit yeah, Works like behind the, uh... him in the screens, they had the, the ads for Grail Industries. I like the the the, uh, the the motto was, um, what was it? Let me think here a second. It was, uh, we will do well for you so that you can do well for us in the end or something like that. And then you saw that mushroom cloud. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like right behind his head when he was like sitting in the yeah uh, something something area. to the effect of good for you now and better for us later or good for us later or something oh like that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then a big mushroom cloud comes up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, that is very 
that is a very intriguing storyline. I'm very intrigued with um, the the uh, uh, the woman. Oh, Laura. Yeah, Laura, um, and what she's going to be about. See, I'm already kind of bored with her. Really? Yeah. When I noticed that she was in the apartment, three or four house, three or four rooms down, I'm like, really? You're going to be right there, and nobody's going to see you. Like that just seemed like a stupid move to me. Did it not to y'all? Y'all thought it was normal. Well, it was normal for how kind of kitschy the show is. It was just kind of you know, like like it, it was one of those things. It was like, okay, well, it's you can't really question. It's just kind of goofy. It seemed too close to comfort for me. And well, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been surprised to see if you know I, I wouldn't have been unhappy. You know, when she's doing that that look through the the bullet hole when Tulip's looking through the bullet hole. I thought it would have been kind of funny just to zero through the bowl hole and come up with the other woman's eye. That's exactly. what I thought they were yes. going to do, too. Yeah, That's I thought funny. that would have been hilarious that they were looking at each other. Yeah. I I don't know. It just, it's too far-fetched for me. I'm not digging well, it's it very yet. convenient. It's very convenient. Exactly. I think, and you guys will totally disagree with me, but if the entire episode had been about Dennis and Cassidy, I would have been happy. Mm. Because I want to hear more about their relationship. Yeah, I w- I'll disagree with you on that. Like, yeah. I don't even care. I don't even care about the search for God anymore. I want to know I do. about Dennis. I do. Well, that's not where I am. I want to I want to get back on the search to, for God. I really do. I want to get back onto that because I still think that's the roller coaster. I, still I think, think they that's downplayed the it so much in any of the writing in this one that it didn't. It was not really needed. You know, the Dennis and Cassidy. Story? No, no. This the search for God, the stuff with uh, Tulip. I mean, no, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it, it totally wasn't needed. I'm just saying it was downplayed so much. That it was kind of in the way of the other stuff that was happening. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. the Jesse, yeah, st- so, the Jesse, the Jesse story in this was the third wheel, definitely. Yeah, yes. it was. It was just kind of like hints here and there that okay, this stuff is still going on, but we're dealing with these storylines. So it wasn't. So yeah, I mean, it was completely downplayed. I think that stuff is gonna you know come out much more now, especially since you got um, Air, what's his name, Air Star, Star, Air Star coming out and. Right. Well, well I really like that they had the uh, tulip storyline so front and center too, because she's the only one who seems to be like authentic. Like if somebody was in that situation, you would be you would have PTSD too. Right. And flipping out. Right. Without a doubt. And tell me, tell me, Ruth Nega did a fantastic job. She always she does. Not? I know. She's amazing. I mean, but, yeah, oh she's good. The way she can switch from being just really, you know looking stressed and lost all of a sudden just pop i'm just a happy <laughs> flower again it's just fantastic she is good she is good with that totally and of course cassidy cat i i like this episode for uh gilgun i, I can't remember what's his first name but uh, joe what's that joe gilgan yeah mm-hmm. right that this was a much more serious role for him this time and boy he did a wonderful job yes he did because he was able to turn on a dime too his emotions from the very beginning of the episode to the very last scene, and you're like, uh-oh, he's getting ready to do it. Mm-hmm. And you can see his face change. Yep. I don't, I, to me, this, and I may be wrong, maybe I might be uh, forgetting some, but this is one of the true, like, serious scenes or serious um, relationships that we've seen, right? Yes. I mean, there's been relationships that are serious, but it hasn't been taken this seriously in mm-hmm. in the the show so far. Right. That's it? why I want to know more about it. Yeah. I tell you one thing though, it was it was um it was cool to finally get his first name. Who? Cassidy? Yeah. What's his first name? I didn't catch this. 
Pranches. Pranches? Yeah. When he was talking on the phone with Seamus, okay. Seamus refers to him as Pranches. Uh, when he's asking um, what he should do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't know that was um, a name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, evidently it's an it's an Irish name. I've um, never heard of that. Yeah. Okay. Pronounced, I, I, I could be saying it wrong, but I think it's pronounced Pranches. And we also found out about Cassidy's brother. Was that his brother? No, we heard, we no, we, we heard of him talking about having a brother. Remember talking about him having a brother on the beach, on the shoreline and so forth? Oh, oh. oh yeah, he's talking about being on the beach. That's I was right. like, you're picking up on way more than I am. That's right, because <laughs> he said the one, one of the things that he regrets about being a vampire was that he can't go on the beach. And he used to spend time on the beach. That's right. Yeah, spending time on the beach with his brother. His mother would take them down when the schools were in and so forth. And Or no, all the kids were in church. That's what in it was. In church, yeah. yeah. And he had the mm-hmm. whole beach to himself. Yeah. Yep. Which is yep. the times I regret when I from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> when you were in church. The church yeah. part. Yes, the church yes, part. The church being, part. On the, being on the beach with my brothers. Yeah, I kind of regret those too, but... <laughs> I don't blame you. We yeah, terrible. so I Blowing wonder... Blowing up G.I. Joes. I wonder uh-huh. who Seamus actually is. Like, is he the guy who turned him? Or is he just, like, part of the um, vampire we, we, hierarchy? We may, we may never know. I can, I can imagine they never really tell us that. I think it was more just, just for us to see this... Um, that there's more to Cassidy's past with other people. Well, and yeah, we talked that about know earlier. of him. Yeah, we t- talked about earlier with the opening episode. He's on a plane trying to get away from guys, and he's got like a whole the whole plane is after him. Right. Still one of the best scenes ever, man. Oh hell awesome. yeah, hell yeah! But he, I mean, he obviously has a huge contingent of people that are yeah. after him. It might not be the lizard people he was talking about. <laughs> but no, no. you love the but lizard. But that people. would be cool to see. That would be cool to see. Though I think it's all made up. What? (laughs) Possibly just just as one big tease. It might be as real as the foreskin debate that he was having. Mm -hmm. Oh my Mm -hmm. god! Yeah, I had to throw it all my shampoo. (laughs) I saw an article the other day. As a matter of fact, no, don't, 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 please don't. About foreskin. What Uh, about it? Oh fuck! What was it about? Were they putting it in uh, eye cream? No. I'll have to come back to this. I got I got to tell you something. Uh, a friend of mine at work was telling me that. Oh, no. Not not something to do with this. They were, they were working <laughs> in a room, and they had our podcast on, on the loudspeakers. Oh, God. While they were working in there. <laughs> Bad idea. And, and my boss walked in. <laughs> <laughs> and the word foreskin popped out? No, no. But the first thing I said was... Um, I hope we were clean. And, and she said, well, actually, Kim was talking. And I said, oh, good. <laughs> I'm like the worst of all of us. <laughs> now you are. Now you are. That's good. That's my friend Melissa at work. She uh, she was telling me about that. She was laughing. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Hi, Melissa. Hi, boss lady. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going there. No. <laughs> That's a fucking beautiful story. It is. It is a fucking beautiful story. <laughs> ah, all right. Eugene. Yes. Yeah, what about Eugene? 
Eugene's in hell, and he's in big trouble. And he's buff. <laughs> and, and he's buff. And he's exactly. got a new tattoo. He's got the whole prison thing going on. He yeah, does. he does. It's his Tracy tattoo and doing pull-ups and, yep. He's all beefed up. Yeah, he's got it. He's rolling. He's rolling <laughs> with the scene. Trying to be tough and mean and whatnot, and <laughs> Hitler's testing him. And I love when they're all talking about who was the, the you know, who was the... Who's who needed to be there? Who was supposed to be in hell? And the one guy was like, "Well, not me. I didn't kill anybody." And the lady's like, "Well, you raped six women." And he goes, "Well, I was date raped. That's a different thing." Yeah, and, he, oh, right. and she's Good like, job. "No, it wasn't." He was like, "Well, they agreed to the date." <laughs> <laughs> it's the the jerk main guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to know what the poor caveman did to get put in hell. I feel bad for him. Well. He's got a face plant into that uh, electronic fireplace. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny, too, that the, the people that are in hell, they're not all evil. They're not, like, evil to the bone. Like, they still do things for each other to help each other out, like pick up a pin top or um, turn the, the radio the I mean, that's the ridiculous, down and stuff. The ridiculousness is that, like, hell is not that bad. Yes. It's like, I mean, they're, they're having to come down in there and threaten people to be more mean. I know. Like, this is a hell. Like, what's that? It's not fire and brimstone. What the hell? Why aren't you more mean to people? <laughs> like, they're punishing people for not being mean enough. Like, it kind of scares me. Like, if that was the real hell, like, we'd, I'd, maybe we'd be going to hell. I don't know. Like, for what? They might have gone for inconsequential well, things. Anyways, it doesn't seem that bad. Believe it or not, I probably would spend a lot of time in the hole. They have a vending machine. Even though they they said it was broken, they have mm-hmm. a vending machine there. And so. Zag nuts are not all that bad. No, but it's the only thing they can have. I did like the fact that after he used the duct tape, he was like, let's see what you're going to wipe your butt with. Because <laughs> that's what they use as their toilet paper. <laughs> I know, tape. exactly. I, mean, <laughs> I thought it was funny that he was just pooping in front of everybody. I thought that and, was great. Well, that's pretty that's was actually, just hanging out that's in front actually of him. doing time. Oh, um, God. But, uh, but, yeah, duct tape for to, to wipe was, uh, I definitely cracked up with that one. That's said, horrible. There's hell. That's that is hell. definitely that is hell. hell. That's totally hell. That's like a camping trip where you don't have any t- toilet paper with you and you have to use a leaf and it just happens to be poison ivy or something. They have bunk beds. It's hell. They I have know. Bunk beds. Like, why they would should you be even sleeping on the floor? Right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you're sharing a bunk bed with Hitler. Who's yeah. very nice. Who's very nice, and he's like, uh, I'm going to get you out of here. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have to show you what the real hell is really I like. I have to show you how to escape. No, he he said to Eugene, you had to see what it's like. Yeah. Like, he was upset. He was like, you just had to push it. You had mm-hmm. to see what it was like. Yeah, it was pretty rough. It wasn't that bad, though. It was kind of funny. Hitler's a good guy. Hitler is a good guy. I think Hitler is repenting. Yep. Yep. Um, We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Folks, uh, I had to call a break to that because uh, Stu was just out of control. I mean, we really (laughs) don't need to hear that much out of our producer. I'm sorry. Um, All right. All right. I will take a break. I'll shut my mouth. Kim. Okay. um. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're good. We're good. No, I mean, yeah, the the, uh, the hell stuff. Yeah. No, no, I thought it was good. I do excellent. The hole. Right. Did you notice? Yeah, the did you notice the nun that was in hell? Mm-hmm. I have a feeling most oh, yeah. of them are. <laughs> 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 I 
Uh, exactly. As recovering Catholics, I would love to know how many knuckles did she hit to have to get down into hell? Or was she sleeping with, like, the priest? I don't know. I had I had a good friend of mine thrown up against a locker by a nun. Same. Yeah. So uh, they weren't the kindest of women. I got picked upside down and had the coins shaken out of my pockets. Did you really? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Always my, getting you for milk money. My dad. Nuns. My dad always tells a story about the nuns when he was uh, he was learning how to write and he was left handed and the nuns kept hitting his knuckles with the ruler so that he would yes. learn to write with his I right hand. I had the biggest knuckles in my class. They yeah. Were huge. They didn't dad, do that yeah, to me. Dad did that too. They mm. taped they taped his um, left hand behind his back. Oh my god, that's like torture. That is but, a shame. Hey. But anyway, that was the cruel dark ages. Yeah. Which was worse than this hell is. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So Eugene gets thrown down in the hole for, for doing a, a reflex nicety. Mm-hmm. And the hole turns out being um, another version of his cell. But, mm-hmm. but what it does is instead of just reliving his nightmare scenario, which got him in hell, he sees an alternative way it could have gone and it's not a whole lot better it extracts what is most um deepest fears yeah his deepest fears or right. what he's most sensitive to and, right. and and creates like an alternate hell it was super creepy because jesse when jesse came out of the bathroom he was kind of like the fatherly figure mm-hmm. and he sits down next to uh yeah because he talks about they talk about that they Tracy. need to Tracy. study for study for the test Right. Yeah, the chemistry test. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all There's of a sudden... There's some chemistry going on there. That's all I'm saying. She unzips his pants, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to gag. Well, she was going at the buckle, and then all of a sudden he was like... When he was telling uh, telling Eugene to shoot himself, and he's like, just do it, just do it. Right. He. What was the last line? The last line was bad. He was like, something about, I'm going to come, or something like that, at the end. And it was just like, that was, that was it. <laughs> and I was like, they didn't show anything, but it was like... It was horrible. It was bad. <laughs> it and was boom. it was kind of like the Catholic priest thing. Yeah. You know, molesting the boys. Oh, nasty. Yeah. Super nasty. And her okay, so <laughs> you want to get away from that scene. Eugene is obviously like completely torn apart by what's going on with that. So As he should be. Well, and Janine and Eugene's looking at this. He's seeing he's seeing two different scenarios. For this situation, neither one of them's good. No, and and they're telling them, you know, hey, if you if you let them know that you're, um, you know, if if you let them know that you are in hell by accident, then you're going to get thrown in the hole with that version. If you don't let them know, you're going to live in the other version that really happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which one's worse? Right. Exactly. He's got to choose which one's worse. So, you know, when when Hitler offers to help him escape. You know, I think that that's the next stage. I mean, we know they can escape. I mean, the Saint of Killers escaped. Yeah, he got out somehow. Right. So there's an escape route out of there. Um, But what I want to know is, I'm very interested to see what happens with Eugene when he escapes. Is he going to go after the preacher? Oh, hell yeah, he is. Because you got the preacher sending him to hell... And then you've also got that alternative reality thing that he saw with the preacher getting with his girl. So he's getting pushed farther into this thought that the preacher is his enemy. 
Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's intentional. But, you know, that alternative reality, in my opinion, is better than his real hell. Nobody dies in the alternative, and he gets to sing a cool duet. Well, he does. He blows his head off. Yeah, he kills himself. Oh, right. He does kill himself. Yeah. But he gets to have a couple of moments of of happiness with Tracy, and he sings the duet of It's Closing Time, which was super cute. And Jesse gets a couple moments of happiness as well. Yes, he does. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he does. So everybody wins. (laughs) It's a much happier hell. (laughs) No, I guess it's, it's it depends. Pretty, no, it's awful. <laughs> it's completely I think, awful. I think for the problem was. His, I think yeah. I think where it is worse is in that he knows what really happened, and he sees this. If he mm. only saw this this alternative reality and did not know about the real reality, then I could understand what you're saying. But he knows what really happened, and this alternative reality doesn't make it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he's he, he's he's got two really really bad opportunities. Yeah, and it's screwing him to to uh, or skewing him to crazy and he town. Thinks, and he thinks he's guilty. You know, that's the other thing. I mean, he thinks he should be there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Even yeah, though he knows when, he when, shouldn't yeah, be. when they're asking, okay, who who does not need to be here? He is very hesitant to say anything. Right. He knows he was sent there by accident. Well, but it's it's. What? It's yeah, like but he that. thinks he almost he's doesn't. Sent. He almost doesn't know he was sent by accident. Though. I mean, he he understands that he is the one that shouldn't be there. Like he's the he understands that he's the one that probably should be raising his hand when the woman comes right. in to ask. Right. But at the same time, he's very hesitant because of his own understanding of his own failings. Right. But he feels it's like, like he is guilty. It's yeah. like that biblical story where they um, talk about the mother. And um, the son and the mother, somebody comes up and says, who is the mother of this child and uh, step forward? And the real mother does not step forward because she knows that if she does, that her son will die. So she keeps quiet. And then some other woman steps forward and um, the woman gets in trouble and dies herself. Do you Was remember that when this? They, is that when they're going to chop the baby in half? Yes, that one. King Solomon? And that what it is? I don't know. I don't remember all my biblical stories. Okay. But it was something like that. And it was like, you know, he knows that. <laughs> uh, you know what the weird thing is? That, like, this show is making us, like, reach back into our knowledge of the Bible and stuff that we've been taught, even though none of us practice that stuff. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Well, and no, it's, but, I mean, it's, but we it's, did go to Catholic schools. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We did and study we studied a lot. A lot. And, yeah, we studied um, a lot. Yeah. But we don't do any of that anymore. No, not that, not that there's not anything that it's wrong. A bad <laughs> thing, but you know, it's just, no. it's just, it's. It, I mean, yeah, it was so much a part of our lives for so long that it's like, right. yeah, yeah. We, but you're still we, pulling upon it. You're still pulling upon it as knowledge base. Yeah, and you know, right? There's relevant stories to that. Yes. Well, and there's it's well, there's relevant stories that are based in, you know, what we're seeing in this show. Mm-hmm. Specifically. Not so much in The Walking Dead. No. They don't deal with religion so much in The Walking no, Dead. No, no. Different world. Other than Father Gabriel's uh, test of faith. Yes. But they don't even go into that very much. No. no. And and before, we everybody hated him. Charlotte the Harlot. That was the Charlotte song. Charlotte the Harlot. Oh, that's right. That's what it was. Charlotte the Harlot. I wasn't able to find that one. No. No, sorry. Did, um, did you like um, Cassidy's home remedy for insomnia? 
The rat poisoning had me worried. Yeah. A drama <laughs> whiskey, good. a drama honey, and one or two pellets of rat poison. Yeah, no good. Don't do that. Do You'll not do that at home. You will definitely you sleep. You will Forever. Mm-hmm. You yeah, will become the Walking Dead. We can do it at home because we're professionals. <laughs> you can do it. So when he went to go visit his son um, in the maternity ward, he, he was not a vampire at that point yet. Yes, he yeah. was. Was How do you know? How do you know? Ah, because he got someone pregnant. Yep. Vampires, Vampires can't, do, can't that. do that. Okay. But he's, he was drinking. He's 119 years old. And this was in... 1946. But you got to right. a vampire cannot get someone pregnant. Well, obviously that's not the rule. Think about it, though. I mean, he did... Hold on. Just let me finish. He was a 119-year-old vampire mm. from Dublin City. In the episode we saw a couple of years ago, so that makes him what? Um, he's still 119. 1880s or, or no, 1890s or whatever when he was born, and this was in the 40s. Um, he was much too young looking to be, you know, a 60 year old man. I'm thinking he was in his 20s or 30s when that baby was born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that would have put Which, him. Which would not mathematically work. So we're saying that a vampire can impregnate some lady. Evidently. There's, you know, I mean, there's other, there's other parts about that that, that, you know, kind of strike. See, I think Scott's wrong on this. No, but I mean, think about it. I, you know, I'm looking at Dennis and I'm thinking, okay, so Dennis. He's super old. Dennis wants to be a vampire, right? So if Dennis is a vampire now, is he an asthmatic dying vampire all the time? Because doesn't it kind of freeze you at the age you are? Okay, I don't, no, understand, he'll be I don't understand your argument. Okay. He'll be cured. No, he's he's wanting to become an, a vampire, which right. means that Cassidy was not a vampire, possibly, at the time when Dennis was... Born. Conceived. Conceived, yes. Well, he looked mighty young in that pictures, in the pictures for a guy that's 119 years old at this time. I get it. He looked like he, he looked like himself. He didn't look like right. that. He was that young. Okay, right. okay, but I don't understand your argument on that one. But um, you don't understand, or you do? I do not. I, I don't like understand your argument on that. But um, I, I think if if he was, are you saying that he would then be the same age at that time or looking? He would be the yeah, same. Once age you become a looking? vampire, you don't age. Right. So he was. He so age. you're saying that Cassidy looked younger? No, 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 no. I'm saying Cassidy looks exactly as he does now. Yes. So I would. Right. My thought would be that he became a vampire just after that. No, but my that, thought is. Well, I, all I'm saying is, if he's a hundred, I, I don't have the the math. But that in would front mean that that would mean that uh, Dennis would have to be 119. Cassidy would have. Cassidy. Cassidy. So Cassidy, mathematically, Cassidy would have been in his 40s or 50s in that scene. That he did I got you. Okay, I got yeah. you. I got you. He would okay. have to be okay. in his 50s, and Dennis would be 60... I would see 40s. Nine. I can no. see 40. In that picture? Yeah, maybe. All right, whatever. Because Stuart's 40. Is that, that's what he's saying. Um, look at me, dude. I'm 40. He could totally be 40 in that. There's, there's a lot more gray on you. He, well, it's because he's got five freaking kids. Yeah. Cassidy Cassidy's didn't have any a kids vampire. Yet. 
Hey, well, he I'm was not yet. I'm that's sure we'll saying. find out. Okay, that's what that's what we're saying. He was not yet. He he probably it, or he had just become vampire I at dis- that point. I totally disagree. I think he's a vampire. And I think they're just kind of saying goodbye to the rules on vampires. I think they made it close enough to where it was enough of a overlap that there would be an argument. That's all I'm saying. I think I agree with you. I agree with both of you actually because they've thrown out all the rules on vampire lore and Yeah, because yeah, I mean he's walking around with an umbrella and he's okay. Yeah. He theoretically could actually go to the beach and be fine as long as he had his umbrella with him. And sunscreen. Because yeah. he was like trying to grab the sunscreen that one time when the uh, cops stopped him. Exactly. Right. Like, right. what the hell is sunscreen going to help for a vampire? <laughs> Evidently. A Again, back to my back to my original point of we always thought maybe there's something evil behind Cassidy, some evil thing that's back there. He's a vampire, and it's all because like I think because there's so many times that we've run into what vampires are in stories. There right. is always something evil behind a vampire. Well, the and fact that they have to kill somebody is evil. Well, I think, right. Well, I think maybe... How they sustain themselves right. inherently is evil. Exactly. Yes, but, I mean, he's got what? He's got blood packs, and he's fine. There's no big uh-huh. deal. Right. He can go out in the sun, he puts sunscreen on, he's got an umbrella, it's no big he's deal. He's got a lot of cats. But that's how it was in True Blood, I too. Think, I think possibly the people that are behind him are different. The people, whoever we don't know, this mysterious uh-huh. people uh-huh. that he's dealing with, Seamus, whatever, those are the guys that would be the evil part. I don't think I don't think that Cassidy himself is inherently evil at all. Yeah, but Seamus is the one who told him not to turn Dennis. If they were inherently evil, well, he's he would have been like, go ahead and turn him and no. add to our crew. Well, in a way, but he's he's telling him, what are you going to turn like a seventy or eighty year old man? How is that going to help your crew? Yeah, but if he immediately heals himself as after he turns, what's the difference? Who cares? Well, if you're if when you turn, you are that age, right? Right. So but if you're a va- if you're like an eighty year old vampire that can barely move around, that's my point. He'd be able to move. He would be. He would heal himself. He's old, but no. he's not going to be a young guy. Well, who cares? Well, he would move, but then he'd be like, ah, oh, my knee. No, no, no. <laughs> he would be like, I just killed some chicks. Well, I mean, Kim, Kim, think about it. Cassidy hasn't changed yeah. since the 40s to now. He's still the same guy. He might so... still be, like, coughing. Yeah, but you don't know. You don't know that Cassidy was sick or not back then when he got changed, right? We know nothing about the time that he changed. Oh, that's true. I mean, back then, there was all kinds of stuff going around that we didn't have vaccines for. And now, Dennis, he Yeah, that's has, why they had Guinness. He he's, Killed everything. He's dying, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that he's going to stay Rubbed that way after he kids. changes. If you look at every other vampire story, as soon as you change, you heal. That's right. the way it is. But I think it's, I think... Yeah. Oh, do you just turn into, like, regenerate. a 30-year-old, like, hot no. person? You're like, all right... Hit the town. Whatever. Let's hang ten. <laughs> what the hell? Hang ten. What the <laughs> hell are you? <laughs> Sorry, I went back to surfing days. Jesus. I'm the Beach Boys. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. You're just saying. You're arguing. That's fine. You can argue. We'll find. I'm. I'm positive we will find out more, and I'm positive that he's going to turn him because he can't handle the grief. 
I, I'm 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 with you on that. I do think he turns him, but um, I don't think it ends well. I'm gonna be the outlier. I don't think he's gonna do it. I think he's gonna let him die. Mm. That face he had at the very last scene. Yeah. Was pretty evil. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That's the thing. There is a there is an there's a underlying evil within him. That's that's well, well below the surface. I mean, he keeps it buried pretty well. But we've seen it. It has manifested itself a couple of times. It manifests itself when he was fighting with the sheriff. Yeah, the and when yeah, when he was and, fighting with the angels in yep. the church. Mm-hmm. And he like went totally evil. Right. Right. So it's it's down there, it's it's his core, and it's and it's the core he's been fighting against. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why he doesn't want to turn Dennis is because he knows that inherently it's evil what, you know, that brings you forward, that makes you immortal. It's an evil state. And and that's why he wrestles with the fact that, you know, Dennis just sees the fact that he's living forever and Cassidy portrays this happy-go-lucky, uh, you know, vagabond. And, and, but Cassidy knows deep down that it's not that. It's, it's, it's... You know, it's the horror of being a vampire. Exactly. Evil being. Doesn't mean that Cassidy cannot make himself, I mean, that cannot control himself to be a good person in this, because we've seen that too. Yeah. Just thinking about what you're saying right now with this season versus the first season, Mm -hmm. there's a huge contrast between what was going on in the first season than is what, what is going on now. Like, Almost every episode in the la- in the first season was like there was some crazy gore stuff going on, like right. when they're fighting the angels, and they um, in in the, the hotel, oh, that in the hotel, fantastic. or in the church, or when they had the coffee can. There was like this absolute right. insane craziness that was going on. This one doesn't. This ep- this season. This has season not really, has been. It, it started off with the bang, but it has been, been much a lot more realistic. More well, and it's been a lot more drama. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Than 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 zaniness. Yeah. Not saying that I'm not saying that's good or bad at this point. Don't Which get me wrong. Different. I love the way the season started. I mean, I was really psyched up. And I'm not I'm not pulling away from the show at this point. I mean, like I said, I really enjoyed this last episode. But at the, on you know, on the at the same time, I'm ready for it to flip into getting back into some of that uh, let's go after God and mm-hmm. see some more zany characters. Whereas uh, when you when you, we check in with Jesse, he is still has that kind of persona to him, that innocent, zany kind of thing when he's dealing with the guys that are at the... Mm-hmm. Fuck is that place called? The, the Dork Docks. Yes, oh. the Dork Docks. The, the, the Dork Docks. The Dork Docks, yes. That was great. Yeah, because he's, I mean, he's like completely innocent, like... Mm-hmm. Unaware technologically of what they can do, right? But he's like, can can you pull out that serial number? And he's very naive. I tell you what, though how uh, how uncomfortable did it make you feel though when he yelled at them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the end, that well, yeah, didn't when make he, me yes. uncomfortable at all. When he, when he was pissed. Oh, but but, it, but they they had tried. They had tried. They had done everything they could. I mean, they they thought they were helping the guy by right. getting rid of the serial number. It's over like that. And then he just screams at him like a crazy man. They didn't get rid of the serial number, did they? 
No. Yes. They said they found it, that it was no. already scratched off. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think they found it. They hid the serial number, guys. No, 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 no. I kind of thought that's what they were saying, but I think they actually found it and they were excited because they were like, it's gone. They were like, you don't have to worry about anything because it's already gone. Because they thought he was trying to hide to make sure that it wasn't in the video. I'm telling you guys, I think that they engineered it so that it looked like the serial number was not there. That's why no, they were so proud. Because if they had engineered it, they could have engineered it backwards, and he would have asked them to do that. He would have said, "Let's look at the original." Yeah, it's still, tape. yeah, it's still on disc. Right. They, they can't. They can't change what's on the disc. Right. Maybe so, but I mean, I still felt like that they were excited because they had taken care of it for him. No, I think I think they were excited because they were like, "Oh yeah, it's gone. You're not going to get busted." Yeah, you're you're cool. They had already and, scratched but they were, it but off. But they were like, "Oh yeah, just yeah. the the person who shot the gun had already yeah, scratched yeah, yeah. it off. It was already gone." But then when the one guy was like, "When they saw the reflection," and the one guy was like, oh, "That's a teapot," and the other guy was like, "Coffee." Pot, no, yeah. I think yeah, coffee pot. No, oh, no, that's a face. Mm-hmm. They were trying hard. Yeah. So they were were caught up in the whole excitement of it, like trying to be the TV shows. Right. And they couldn't do it. No. There was nothing there. But then if he had looked at the back of the disc, he would have seen Grail Industries and he totally missed that part. Yep. So Jesse is obviously not the most observant person in the world. No. No. Because he's he's walked by clues left and right. And yeah, I think the the entire series we've been kind of led to feel like okay, he as well as Cassidy and Tulip were all kind of in that same boat. Not very bright. Tulip, yeah, ship's still out. Tulip's a little bit. Yeah, Tulip's she can uh, (laughs) she can pick up on stuff. She can, and and Cassidy as well. I think Mm -hmm. I think those two pick it up pick up on it a lot faster than right. But Tulip's checked out. Well, they yeah. all have checked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, they've all checked out. Jesse has checked out on this God trail. Tulip's checked out on her her inner horrors with the saint, and Cassidy's checked out with his dealings with his son. So now we have uh, Airstar is going to have to come back into the picture to uh, motivate them again, the, like a, a true combatant. Yes, I think we. I do think it's time to let's get them back focused on the trail again. And I, you know, I think that will happen. I think, I think the, yeah, I think the, the Grail group will cause that. I think pursuit. so too. I think so too. Well, I mean, we, and that's what Kim and I were talking about. The cowboy's gone. And yep. as you always say, you got to have a Cowboy's con- not gone though. He's, I know, he's not totally gone. The cowboy's gone out of the picture at this point in the storyline. So you have to have the conflict. Who's the conflict? Air Star comes in perfectly right when the cowboy leaves. So. Yep. That's that's gonna be our driver for the next uh, or next few episodes into the end of the season, probably. How many do we have? Well, we're on eight, so we have five. Five more. Five Did more? they do thirteen? Five more. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. So we got five more. So yeah, it's gonna be a drive-in. T- so it's gonna be Airstar into the end, and then uh, what we were speculating on is maybe Airstar fights the cowboy at some point, which yes. would be fucking awesome. Like Predator versus Alien. <laughs> That's what we said last week. Yes. Actually, I think nice. you said. What did you say? I you said did, Predator versus Jason. Yeah, Predator. Which I was like, wow, that is quite a mix. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. like horror yeah. versus alien thing, which or is, predator versus. But they Bobby they, they need to get Kim on some marketing shit because if she starts putting horror versus aliens, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, it could be awesome. Yeah, it'd be like the girl <laughs> from The Ring versus like Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> Yeah, or, or you could add Alien against Emerald. Who? The cook. Oh, oh. my God. Okay, yeah, uh, all right. Why not? Well, what, how about that? No, the other guy with the spiky hair. The fire yeah. guy? Feel, yeah. uh, f- whatever Bobby Flay? No, not Bobby Flay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're talking... <laughs> Flavor of Flav! Yeah, if we're talking reality show people, Trump versus... Oh my god. Flavor Flav. He could wear his big clock. He never want me in. Moving on. Yeah, moving totally on. <laughs> Trump versus Predator. I that think this is this is a good time to take a break. Yes, I say? agree. We're cheese on toast, man. <laughs> we are. We're not getting out of this. All right. Uh we'll be back in a minute and we'll go into um Hits and misses. Hits and misses. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> it's been a while, huh? Yeah, no doubt. I feel like singing. <laughs> Me too. Closing time. One last call for alcohol, so finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can stay here. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home. Hey, we're back. Uh, Kim's eye is twitching and Stuart is impatient. So, why don't we get on with hit or miss? Uh, Kim, it's your favorite time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kimmy, what's your hit? What's your big hit of this show? My hit is Tulip's struggle throughout the show and throughout the past couple of episodes with the fact that um, she has interacted with the cowboy. Mm-hmm. And what that killers. Yeah, and what that means to her. And that she's still struggling with the idea of death and the fact that she could die. Um, she does not know that he's still out there. And even though she thinks he's gone forever, she's still struggling with this. So what is what's gonna happen when she finds out he's still alive um and could come back? So you know, and she thinks that covering up these holes in the apartments mm-hmm. is going to make her feel better somehow. Well, so what? So what is going on with her going to the um, the club and getting she's, um, she's the bar to, and getting shot? She's feeling stuff. Yeah, you're right. You're talking about the hurt locker. The hurt yeah, locker. Because yeah. Kim she's and I talked a little to... bit about it, and I want Scott to to jump in. Okay, on yeah, because we talked about it last week. So let's hear your opinion. Um, I think it's it's trying to work out all the aggression and stored energy that she had. From what she went through with the Saint of Killers, I think, you know, she's. But it's the aggression and the fear part of it too. Right, I mean, she's overcoming that fear, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, she's she's pushing herself to the limit because 
because um, that pushed her to to the limit further than she expected. And I think it really scared her unbelievably, which is amazing to say, um, you know, when you're talking about a girl who built a bazooka out of tin cans. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. But, but she's she, always felt in control in the past, and she doesn't feel right. in control with him. But her no, getting, exactly. but her going there and then getting shot somehow mm-hmm. puts her in the driver's seat again. Yes, of, she's in control of her exactly. emotional state. Right. Exactly. It, but it doesn't do the job, though. It really doesn't right. do the job. She has to keep going back. You're right. For one yeah. thing. Well, and that, and also the fact that she's got to, she's got to uh, close the reminders of it. And that's where her she her her getting the new refrigerator and closing you know sealing the holes and so forth that she's got to get rid of that reminder of it, which means that you know whatever she's doing where she's getting the flak jacket and getting shot and all is not taking care of the problem. Now, and the entire time Cassidy is explaining to her about what is happening with Dennis, mm-hmm. she's complete. Or even when um, uh, Jesse is talking to her when they're in the store. Right. She, her her focus is still on the refrigerator mm-hmm. or, you know, trying to uh, cover up the holes or whatever. Like her, like she, she is not focused at all on, on what they are talking about at all. Right. No. And, and I think what you'll see, in, in my opinion, what you'll see is, um, what's the lady down the hall? Laura. 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 Thank you. Um I think she'll find a kindred spirit in Lara, or what she thinks is a kindred spirit in Lara, because Lara has portrayed herself as being someone who's on the run from their ex-husband mm-hmm. and or ex-boyfriend, and um, someone who's very frustrated with things. And Tulip will see her as someone who's kind of in her same situation, and, and she'll be able to work out her problems through her. And of course, she'll get betrayed in the end because Lara's not really what she says she is. I think the end of the conversation that they had when she said right before she left and she was like, have you ever gotten shot in the chest Mm -hmm. while you're wearing a bulletproof vest? Mm -hmm. And Laura Laura says, no, but that sounds fun. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. exactly. Her surprising answer, like, yeah. That's what I mean. She's found a kindred spirit. She's found the kindred spirit. And this is where, this is what she needs she she I think she's having so much problem because she cannot relate to Jesse right now because Jesse is Jesse's off in Jesseville mm-hmm. and Cassidy is focused on on Dennis and all that kind of stuff. So and, and and she's got her own set of huge problems right now, but she doesn't have any support for that. Right. So she's going to look at this Laura and see a kindred spirit there. And that's where she's going to work it out. You know, getting shot in the chest with a you know with the flak jacket on is not going to cover it. It's not. It's not getting it out. No. And so forth. So, I think that's what we'll find. But then we will find that there's a huge betrayal in the end. Exactly. Because Laura is not what she says she is. Exactly. And when and when Laura betrays her, it's it's going to make it ten million times worse. Right. Because then, by then, maybe the cowboy will be back too. Well, we know we know Tulip won't handle it well. Right. My hit might not be as interesting then, <laughs> because we already dis- we already discussed most of it. it was it was um, Cassidy and Dennis the relationship between the two? Okay, good. Which I um, I hope in a way continues like you're saying, Scott. That um, maybe Cassidy does save Dennis, but 
you know, maybe it, maybe this is the end. Maybe this is the end of the story. I don't know. Then that's what we, we need to... That's kind of what the cliffhanger is that we, we're going to find out in the next episode. How gut-wrenching was it when he... When when uh, Dennis finally called him Papa? Oh, I know. I know. Yeah, totally. I mean, he was so sick. Yep. And he was pleading to his father to do something. Right? Yeah, I just kept thinking about my own child and, like, him yep. being sick in the middle of the night and saying, Help me, I'm sick. <laughs> Right. And like puking all over the sheets and you have to change the sheets in the middle of the yeah. night and stuff. It was so sad. Yep. I'm telling you, it's a horrible situation. Well, and, and th- what makes it more horrible for him is that, and maybe with any dad that's dealing with a son, <laughs> is sometimes you don't feel like there's that connection there. Yeah. You know? And maybe there is that connection there. But well, he's he would... got a huge amount of guilt. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's got that a ton of guilt. But he wasn't that dad. Yeah, yeah, and and so he's doing whatever he can to try and and make up for whatever he had in the past that we don't know about. Obviously, there's there's hints to it that he was never there. Uh, obviously, he doesn't. He even, didn't live up to his promise. He doesn't even speak the same language as him. So I mean, they can't communicate unless there is a um, uh, a professor Tulane from professor. Tulane in the room with them. Right. Um, so yeah, it's. Um, I mean, uh, how, uh, how can you imagine being in that position where you're about to lose the person that you know you've never made the effort to actually get to know? Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that you were there when he was born and you're there when he's dying. Oh, so and sad. And we saw when he was born that, that uh, Cassidy he made, the made a big yeah. proclamation that he was going to be the best dad ever. Yeah, and you, I mean, you saw it in the nurse's face. Like, she was all excited that he was there. And then yep. when he said that and then he pulled out the flask. Yeah. She was just like her whole her whole face went drawn and she yep. looked down and was like, "All right, that's it." Yep, yep. It's a it's a hell of a uh, it's a hell of a uh, tragedy. Uh, yeah, tragedy. Good word. Exactly. It is a tragedy. So that was my hit, <laughs> bringing everybody down. I didn't really. No, but it was it was a good hit because I mean it was it was very relevant to the story and it was yeah. it was very. A very emotional part of the of the show, without a doubt, it was the emotional, most emotional part of the show. Even though Tulips had some emotion to it too. My hit was was actually, you know, uh, while I said there wasn't a lot of humor and so forth in this episode, there was one piece of humor that that really cracked me up. I mean, I actually barreled out laughing when I heard it. it was um, between Jesse and and Cassidy, and Cassidy's like, Padre, I need your help. And uh, Cassidy's like, you won't, or no, I'm sorry. Cassidy says, Padre, I need your help. And and uh, Jesse says, Oh, you want me to pray for him? And he's like, No, Christ, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's like, Er, I mean, uh, if you think it'll help, sure, Padre. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I love that. No, Christ, no. <laughs> but it also showed you that Jesse, Jesse's all in his head. I mean, he's not thinking about Cassidy. He's not think. He knows Cassidy's not going to have any use for prayers. Mm-hmm. You know that you know? that point was my miss, actually. Oh. Not a miss in the show, but just mm-hmm. a miss in like the relationships, mm-hmm. because uh, Jesse so easily uses Genesis for mm-hmm. trivial stuff, right? But he would not use it to help someone that that uh, Cassidy cared about. Right. And that was it. I mean, it was just like, I mean, that was that was huge to me. Well, thank you for killing my miss. 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> no, it was that was that that was my mess. Was that mm-hmm. he, here? He, here he's he's posing this situation where um, his son is asking him for help, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to turn him, but then Jesse has this ability to do something Without to make him do something. And yet he doesn't even try. He's like, eh, well, I mean, Jesse, is, Jesse has used Genesis on much more trivial stuff. Right. Yep. And, and he doesn't have to worry about the saint tracking him down because he's using it. So why in the hell would Jesse not use it at all? I mean, even if something, even if it's just to say, to tell Dennis to be comfortable, Mm-hmm. Why would you not? Why would you? Not? It did not make any sense to me. Jesse, Jesse, all of a sudden trying to, trying to make this sound like it's such a higher power, and this is after he made you know cops hold their hands and all this kind of shit with the stuff. You know, I mean, he's. It did not. It, it flew in the face of the character, as far as I was concerned. Yeah, it was like like he could go in there and say, "You feel no pain." Right. Exactly. You will feel no pain. That's Rest it. comfortable. That's all he has to do. But he doesn't even he doesn't even blink it. He's like, no, I can't do that. It doesn't seem right. And I was like, oh, why does that not seem right? That seems like perfectly right. Right. And and Cassidy accepts that. And I'm just kind of like, no. See, that was my big miss of the episode. Is it did that logically did not make any sense no. to me at all. You know what I find interesting? What? This whole time we've been talking, we have focused so much on Dennis and Cassidy. When mm-hmm. I feel like the producers probably wanted us to focus on, like, maybe Eugene and Hell and what Hell was like. Maybe even Tulip. And yet we have picked up on so much about Dennis and Cassidy that that stuff has been kind of pushed to the side. Well, because, I mean... Because we, we, we want the the relationship. Well, there, yeah, there there must be some major thing, or there better be some major thing that comes out of the whole Hell thing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because honestly, that, that's that is complete side story to me. Well, the the hell issue, the hell issue is is complicated, okay, and it's still building. We don't know exactly what the hell issue is there yet. Hell, hell issue is always complicated, right? But the issue between between Cassidy and his son is out there in the open. Yeah, I mean, it's very it's very visceral. I mean, it's not like you have to really. Do much imagination to understand what he's going through with this situation. So it's very easy to relate to. Yeah, and there's very simple things that that answers to mm-hmm. the situations that that we could possibly get. But what's what's going on in hell and so forth is still very much up in the air. Yeah, we don't we don't really know totally what the situation is there yet. Um, I mean, I think we have a better handle on the situation with Cassidy and his son and Tulip and her. You know, trying to exercise the demons of the the saint of killers, um, than we do on what's going on with Eugene. I agree. And uh, you know, and I think while I agree with you, Kim, I think they spent a lot of time on that. It's hard. It's harder to relate to that story though than the emotion that came out in the other two stories. I have I have a feeling that that stuff is. Oh, it's going to be huge. Okay, I was gonna say I was. I was hoping it's just gonna end. They're just gonna can't move on from the hell, from the hell stuff. Yeah, no, no, because no, they're no, making think... they're making a big story out of like maybe the interactions between the people that are down there, but it's not really about like what's going on in hell. Like the stuff that's actually happening in hell seems very um, uncontrolled. I wonder though, Stu. I mean, with with um, 
It's just like the control that's happening up in heaven. Yeah, but it's how like it Eugene seems like ended it up. should be controlled. Right. But right. it's not as controlled as we think it is. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not as controlled as, as you would help you would hope. But but you gotta look at you gotta look at the fact that um that uh Eugene chasing after the preacher may be even more of a bigger horror than the Saint of Killers. Yeah. You know. Eugene Eugene is you know, Saint of Killers was a vigilante sent you know, a mercenary. Right. Sent to deal with Eugene's Eugene has got a lot of lot of uh, frustration and hatred in his soul right now. Yeah, and half a brain. In half a brain. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas it seems like everybody that's coming out of heaven and or hell is completely innocent, and ignorant mm-hmm. as to what is actual life, right? And and how to get around and blah blah blah, whatever. Right. I don't think we got a miss from Kim yet. Not we? yet. Okay. So my miss ha- happens to. Um, deal with the hell situation. That's why I'm saying all this. Okay. Um, The scene with Jesse and Tracy was super disturbing to me. That is your miss. That is my miss. Okay. Um, Okay, first of all, Tracy's actions did not seem very realistic. I don't think they were. Were were they supposed to, though? And I mean her physical movement. (laughs) Are you saying the acting? The acting. The reason I'm asking Kim is because... The the music and all was very hokey. Yeah, it was very theatrical, and I was and and the even Jesse's entrance like uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah the, Jesse's entrance too. and all seemed to be very theatrical. So was not her reaction to things not somewhat theatrical too. That could be a good point. It just seemed um, off to me. Yeah. Well, it was definitely off. Oh, it was definitely off. You're 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 hitting ten out of ten on that. <laughs> possibly was purposely off. Yeah, like the whole thing because Jesse definitely seemed off. Yes, yes. It was just disturbing. It was very disturbing. And um, anytime when I see a preacher or a man of God, supposed man of God, with uh, in a situation like that, it 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 just creeps me out, and that just disturbed me immensely. All right. Was there a ventriloquist doll in the in the room that was like? <laughs> was there a clown? <laughs> no. <laughs> no clowns. No. Clowns. Which I have to say, if if anybody has seen like the recent, I think it was was it Charter or Spectrum ad, where it's like all the evil people sitting around the the table. Oh, that's yes, yes, awesome. yes. And they're like, oh yeah, they're like, oh what channel? The little puppet have? is like, the most evil of all. Yeah, they're like, that's evil, that's evil. And then they have the ventriloquist doll that's sitting there. He's like. You want to take care I'll of take that? I'll take care of it. Yeah. You want to take care of that? I, I'll I'd, deal with it. I'd I'll take care of that. I'd love to deal with that. That ventriloquist doll <laughs> is the most evil of all of them. I, exactly. That's and perfect. That, exactly. that new Conjuring movie that's coming out about the little girl doll, fuck no. <laughs> no. Not happening. I just want to say, I got to give a shout out. That ad, very well done. Uh-huh. It is. Because the ventriloquist doll, no matter how the guy's got horns, whatever, he's the right. most evil. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is it because I'm a wolf? You won't say it because I'm a wolf. Is that what it is? It's very funny. So, do we have any? Uh, do we have any listener feedback? Jimmy? Yes, Mark Lavarnway, who is a regular. Yeah, uh, he's been. He's actually been given some really good 
uh, comments. Yes. Um, so thank you, Mark. He said, holes in hell, holes in walls, maybe holes in Dennis next soon. <laughs> yeah. Tulip is definitely trying to separate from her experience with the saint. New fridge and patching all the walls and feels a little dead inside. She wants to go to the Hurt Locker because near death makes her feel alive. By the way, the saint also stars in Outlander. He's big, but not as big as they make him on Preacher. I haven't read the comics, but have a feeling Eugene is coming after Jesse when he gets out of hell, if he gets out. Yeah, so last week we were wondering, how big is the guy who plays the cowboy? Because they make him sound... Yeah, they make him seem really, really big. Well, we saw him him on the uh, uh, Talking Preacher. He was on one of the episodes of that. Yeah, yeah. And he's a big guy. I mean, he's huge. He's got to be like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, something like that. I mean, he's a big guy. But not as big as what we think. Well, yeah, I mean, when they put well, him, no, against, he's when they put him be... against Tulip, he sure. looks like he's 8 feet tall. Right. Well, Tulip's, Tulip's probably like, like five, 4 feet. Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's not exactly huge. Um, and and of course they yeah they they put her in Gene or they put him in some Gene Simmons shoes and make him look really huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Eugene is definitely going to come after Jesse, and uh-huh. all hell is going to break loose. <laughs> yes, there's nothing nothing worse than a than a vengeful righteous man. But what is he actually going to do? I mean, he's I mean he's a weak. He's actually a very weak character. He is, but maybe he emerges from hell with something special. Yeah, you, you know, and he's got he's got Hitler goading him on. That's right. I mean, even so, in his nightmares, he's weak. Yeah, but Hitler, Hitler. Let's just see what Hitler brings on, because you know, Eugene, Eugene has also gained the respect of the people in that room. Yeah, somewhat. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've they they accept him as one of their own instead of this guy with this uh, fucked up face that he has. Yes. Um. But he's he's still like the underling to the the um, the make like a tree and leave guy, right? <laughs> or make like a tree and get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the Biff. Yes. <laughs> no, I agree with you. But even that guy doesn't seem to be as in control of the situation as he was before Eugene started inserting himself. Right. Uh, agreed. I'm I'm curious to see if he does is if he if he is able to get out. Does anybody else go with him? Mm, that's a good question. Maybe Hitler will come back. I think I think yeah I do think uh, I mean of course we've not read any of the comics we don't know any of the stuff that goes on with that but I have a feeling Hitler's going to be taking you know a character that'll go a little bit further. Yeah. And he's going to have a he's going to have an influence on Eugene. I think so too. Whether it's a negative or a positive influence, we don't know. Mhm. I mean, the comedy of the whole thing is that Hitler's having a positive influence. Right. He's totally different. And yet we still haven't seen Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> he's in another wing of hell. <clears throat> exactly. So, um next week on Preacher, which will be season 2 episode 9, which is Puzzle Piece. Jesse gets a breakthrough. Tulip continues to spiral, and Cassidy makes a life-changing decision for Dennis. See? He's going to turn him. I think so. I think so, too. Everything has told him not to. He's not going to do it. No, you're, you're, you're his, probably... His I mean, gut, you could be right. His but. gut has told him not to do it. His... He understands... Uh, I think that was the one thing that we didn't talk about so much about on, on this episode that... Um, when 
Cassidy is having that discussion with Tulip in the kitchen mm-hmm. about um, how how much hell he goes through as being a vampire, how boring it is. Yes. And, like, he sits around, and he's like, even the drugs don't even do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think he's, he understands almost it's a torture to be where he is. Right. And and we've already acknowledged that that he feels like it's an underlining evil, too. Yeah. It's not just that. It's it's just, un, it's sad to be immortal. But the one thing that he does deal with is that, okay, this is the things that you will have to undergo if you're a vampire which tulip like completely like brushes off and like oh yeah that's terrible that's fine but i think but i think he succumbs to dennis's pain agreed if cassidy wanted to kill himself do you think he could do you think he could just like stand out in the sun without an umbrella and just burn like they do in uh uh true blood i would think so i guess he could So if he really wanted to die, if he was really that miserable, he would do it. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? I would think. That's a good point. So there's there's a way for him to die. So if he wants to die, but then again, but then again, maybe he's tried, and it doesn't work, and maybe he just avoids the sun because it's very uncomfortable. It hurts because he still, like he says, he still feels the pain. Yeah. Or maybe he understands like when he dies, where he goes, where his soul goes. Which is kind of what we were dealing with in the episode prior, is that if you give a part of your soul away, or does he, if he's a vampire, does Vampires he have a soul? don't normally have souls, okay, do okay. they? Okay, they don't have souls. So what do they even have? So he goes to Columbus, Columbus, Ohio? Well, you could. Oh, my God. Columbus, possibly. Cleveland. Apologies uh-huh. to everyone from Ohio. S- <laughs> city, by the, city by the Bay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Ignore them. Columbus, we don't mean it. No. We love you. No. We got family there. We, we do. We, all of us Kent. do. Kent. You go to Kent, Ohio. Kent is awesome. No, it is not. Yeah, it is. Uh, but, but uh, Kim, we got family there and all. I, I'm not going to say Kent's Ohio. Kent, Ohio is awesome. <laughs> Um, <laughs> they have they have actually come up with a new color there. There's no gray. There's no beige. There's grayish. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> You've all lost your minds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We have. We digest. Well, we used to joke when we were kids when you went into Ohio, you would just start yawning. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't y'all glad Scott is back? <laughs> oh, God. I always wanted to get on my polyester pants. When I went in there. You would just kind of lay down and be like, oh, my God, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was born in Cincinnati. I do not feel that way. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Cincinnati's Pete awesome. Pete Rose fan, too, right? I am a huge Pete Rose fan. He should be yeah. in the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Nice, nice little girls he's got going on. Anyway. All right, we already closed that out. I think we're ready. Wow, this has been a long and crazy episode. <laughs> we are so happy to have Scott back. Yes. Thank we you, Scott. Are coming back. I, I'm happy Getting to bring healthy. it all down into the nitty gritty dirty yes. areas. Love yes, it. Yes, we love have it, missed love you. It, love it. 
So just as a reminder, we are now a part of the Blog Talk Radio family. So you can find us um, on Blog Talk Radio now and some other good podcasts. Blog Talk. Woo-woo. <laughs> Sorry. You can download our episodes in all the usual spots. You can also find us on Twitter at Fear Me Pod, on Facebook at Facebook slash Fear Me Podcast, and on the web at fearmepodcast.com. And you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. Please write in. Please write in. Please write yes. in. Yes. We want to hear from you. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night, everybody.